today on CityCast Denver. Rise and shine, it's Andy Stein. I love it. This is what my friends do to me all the time, <laughs> but it's great. I love talking about weather, so everybody literally talks to me about weather. <laughs> Our favorite weatherman is back, and he's been following the latest push to change daylight saving time here in Colorado. A bill working its way through the legislature would make daylight saving time permanent, meaning no more changing the clocks twice a year. We would just keep this arbitrary version of time we're currently living in right now forever. And the battle lines between early birds and night owls have been drawn. So Andy's here to break it all down. Today is Thursday, April 7th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. I know, I was like, oh, I can't walk my dog, it's too windy. That's kind of how I felt yesterday. I uh, snuck out to go on a walk in Cheeseman Park, and I was like, ooh, it's not that windy right now, it's gonna be great. And like five minutes into my walk, I started getting blasted with sand, and I was like, oh, <laughs> the weather gods, <laughs> they're coming after me again. I'm freezing, I can't see. <laughs> yeah, right. Andy Stein, welcome back to CityCast Denver. Thanks so much, I'm so happy to see you again. So we're talking about daylight saving time, which also, I called daylight savings time most of my life. Is that just like a colloquial thing that people do? I think it's just colloquial, yeah. I think a lot of people want to say it's daylight savings. I think it just rolls off the tongue easier. Um, I actually don't know why it's just daylight saving, because we are, I guess you can't really do savings. <laughs> well, you can have savings. I don't know. I don't know. I've always said daylight savings until I got yelled at, and then I was like, okay, it's daylight saving time. <laughs> totally, totally. So... I guess my first question is really, what is daylight saving time? So it's essentially just a practice to extend daylight hours a little bit deeper into the evening. Um, essentially, we do this just so we can be more productive in the afternoon hours and just kind of have a little bit more daylight deeper into the night. Um, there's been a couple of reasons of why this has happened uh, and why it was necessary. They date all the way back to the 1700s, uh, but ultimately it's just kind of a way to preserve daylight and have that extend later into the afternoon. I, I feel like I've heard too that daylight saving time is something that originated with farming, but I it sounds like maybe that's not the case. Where What were sort of the th origins of it beyond like, this idea of giving us more time in the day, but like, is there industry or something related to that? So there was this, and it's actually a big myth uh, that it's for farming um, because the farmers actually like to roll with the clock of the sun rather than anything else other than that. So farmers actually don't really like daylight saving time. They like standard time because they like to follow solar noon. Um, so what this kind of dated back to in the 1700s was Benjamin Franklin had this brilliant idea of changing the clocks a little bit so we could preserve the amount of candles that are used. Um, and if you had daylight later into the day, you didn't have to start burning your candles earlier in the day. That was way back in the 1700s, kind of through the 1800s. I think talks continued nationally, globally, um, but it wasn't until the early 1900s that it actually started to gain traction and daylight saving times actually was used. Um, and that was actually first used in Canada. Um, the big push for it to actually happen and what made it kind of go through was energy conservation. So having more light later in the day meant that we could save energy. 
There was a really big energy crisis back in the 70s that kind of really pushed this too. Um, but overall, it's really just been a way to be more productive in the afternoon and to increase uh, the amount of activity that people do in the afternoon as well. Um, so it really just came down to that rather than farmers and rather than the actual candles and <laughs> rather than everything else. <laughs> the thriving candle industry is just not what it used to be. So <laughs> I'm trying to pick that back up. I love candles so much. I'm on a kick right now. <laughs> so I have so many candles in my house. <laughs> So there's this bill in Colorado that would basically make this change to daylight saving time. Like it would make it permanent in Colorado, meaning we would just stay an hour ahead in the winter and never change our clocks again. But this also isn't the first time the idea has been floated. Andy, can you give me a little backstory on why this is something that Coloradans want to change? Um, well, I think the majority of Coloradans are really just annoyed that they have to change their clocks two times a year. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you and I can attest to. Um, it's just super frustrating uh, to change your clocks. And I think that is really the, the bigger push here. Um, the ski industry has actually been pushing back on that because they don't want to see that change. Because the operations of a ski area... You have to worry about your terrain, especially after a snowstorm and avalanche control. And the best way to do that is visually. And if you don't have any light to visually see that, you have to wait for that light to come up. And that means that all of the operations, kind of the safety control that happens early in the day before the ski resorts open, will have to get pushed back quite a bit because it is a safety concern for sure. A lot of the ski areas open at nine o'clock and with the current way that it is, they have about an hour and a half to prepare the mountain. Um, if we were to keep daylight saving time through the winter, they would probably only have 10 to 20, maybe 30 minutes to get all this stuff done. And that is just not enough time to cover an entire mountain, no matter what size of the ski hill it is. And so what would likely have to happen is they would need to push their hours of operations back and maybe open at 10 a.m. during the winter time instead. Um, from a control standpoint, I get why the ski areas don't really want to do this because it pushes back when their first skiers and riders can come onto the mountain. Of course, the inverse is that is they'd be able to stay open an hour later. Uh, but some of the things that I've been reading is that, you know, people who have families like to get up on the mountain earlier because they have to leave to go get their kids. And if the ski areas don't open as early, then people don't get as much time to ski and ride. Um, plus, they have to leave earlier to go get kids or go do their afternoon work or whatnot. Um, so from an industry standpoint, there's been differentiating uh, kind of reasons for opposing this. For a general public, it's just because they're annoyed. That's <laughs> what I found. <laughs> And it, this is helping me understand it a little more, too, because it's not just like a commerce thing in, in like we want to be open longer or as much as possible. It's we want to make sure the mountain is prepared. Exactly. So it's it's safe for folks. OK, that's that's helpful, actually, to understand, because at first I was just like, oh, whatever. If I'm not a skier. I don't care. Yeah, the skiers don't really care. About <laughs> but it's also a huge industry here in Colorado. And you know what I mean? Industry is is we need it. Exactly. And that's kind of why uh, it's funny to see that side of it, because when you think about the other big industry here, which is farming and ranching, you know, they have a completely different outlook on this. Theirs is like moving more with the sun, like actually moving their day with the sun agriculturally. Exactly. Okay. I feel like there's also been some pushback from folks about sleep patterns for humans and how that impacts it. Do you know anything about that aspect? 
Yeah, so that's a big push too, kind of nationally. A lot of the people who study sleep and kind of all of that. Um, if we kind of adjust it, if we ch keep changing our clocks, there's been some studies that have shown that no matter what time we change our clock, either when it's in the spring or the fall, right after that, we kind of see an increase in road accidents, traffic accidents. We see an increase in heart attacks because the body just is slightly altered just enough for it to cause some internal issues. And that is enough to cause some pretty big health impacts on people, uh, depending on kind of essentially if you um, are sensitive to that kind of time change. And the circadian rhythm, I mean, I, I, was, I was kind of thinking about this a little bit, and I almost kind of aligned with the farmers in a way because I think that following the sun and solar noon and kind of when the sun wakes us up is very beneficial. And that's kind of what life kind of was meant to be way back when, uh, way back in the 1500s, you know, everybody woke up with the sun, they kind of went to bed with the sun. And that's something that we have strayed away from here really in the mid-1900s um, and when we started doing daylight saving time. And so it's just kind of interesting to think about it. Standard time really goes with the sun. Daylight saving time really goes with the economy if you break it down into those two simple things. So on top of the Colorado bill to make daylight saving time permanent, there's also this national push to stop changing our clocks twice a year. How could the national bill affect the Colorado bill? So essentially, Colorado is only going to pass this law if it's passed nationally. Um, the other caveat to this is that Colorado will agree to stick with daylight saving time if four other states within the mountain time zone agree to do this as well. Wyoming and Utah have already agreed to do this, but we need four of them. So we need New Mexico, we need Idaho or Montana, but essentially, if the U.S. doesn't pass this, uh, Colorado can still pass this as long as four other states within the mountain time zone agree. And that basically just levels the playing field of the ski industry and a couple other uh, industries across the mountain time zones. Okay, okay. That makes sense because like Idaho is obviously a big ski place yeah. as well. That's interesting because I'm also just thinking about how Arizona doesn't do it anyway, right? right? They're like in their own... <laughs> They are in their own thing, which always baffled me because I don't really understand how everybody can change the time when they go in and out of that state. I can't comprehend that either. I'm actually going to Arizona on Friday and I was like, oh, interesting. Right. Another interesting fact really quick, too, because the mountain yeah. time zone uh, really spreads from uh, the western edges of the Dakotas all the way to Idaho. But since we're kind of on the eastern edge of the mountain time zone, our sunrises won't be impacted as much as, say, Idaho's. In Boise, their sun probably won't come up until after 9 a.m. because of where they're situated within the mountain time zone. So it's really going to impact them. And so that's also why there's this little... Uh, kind of debate going on within the mountain time zone that we want more states to follow along with this because it really levels the playing field for everybody um, and makes things a little bit more uniform. But um, there are big impacts to that too because just from Denver to Boise, you lose an hour of light just by traveling within the one time zone. Whoa. Right? So this does, I. it's just much bigger than I had thought it's just us i thought it was just us complaining about losing an hour of sleep <laughs> well a lot of times it is but <laughs> well andy stein thank you so much for joining me you're welcome i hope i answered a lot of your questions about daylight saving totally totally <laughs> and
And here's what else Denverites are talking about today. After rumors and speculation, Aurora Police Chief Vanessa Wilson has been fired, but not without some controversy. Aurora City Manager Jim Twombly announced Wilson's termination yesterday and was vague with the details, citing management concerns. But many are questioning if the move was politically motivated. We'll have more on this story as it develops. And now for something completely different. On this week's episode of The Real Eagles of Stanley Lake, F420 and her beau have had a baby. The eaglet hatched Monday and there may be more on the way. Stay tuned for CityCast Denver's Baby Eagle News You Can Use. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us, rate the show wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today, Peyton Garcia has all the news you need that we couldn't fit into this episode. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye-bye. Oh, I will tell you, too, uh, I should just make some for you. I make an essential oil room spray that's like sage and juniper and just water and witch hazel. And I use that all the time. And it's not bad for like the animals or your, in my case, babies. Oh, it's so good. It's just crisp. It's not perfumey. It's amazing.